0: I guess it's a, well, I want to focus on myself a lot more than I should, you know, I want to focus on the pain that I feel, I want everyone to know and understand, like, who I am and and whatnot, and everyone to understand that, but self-pity can be a really big trap for us, you know, um, justifying actions because of what we're going through, you know, uh, saying, hey, you know, give me a break, you know, "I, I just, I've been going through a lot, you know, just give me this, you know, just give me this one, but then also it's I've got this weight of sin on me that I just feel terrible about, you know, and guilt ridden and and shame. And, you know, and and if we're going to define self-pity, this is how the Internet defines it. It's excessive self-absorbed unhappiness over one's own troubles. And yeah, and this chapter just went straight into it. I mean, the, the you know Mark Templar would just—I mean—he's very concise, and that's—I think—that's what I love about it—is that he's just—he's extremely concise because self-pity is very dangerous. It's very selfish, but it's also totally relatable, you know, because we we feel like this is unique for us. You know, it feels oh no, this pain, and it is that you know it's 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 we're the only ones that know how to deal with ourselves. Um, uh, you know empathy can only go so far from other people at some point it's just but I don't know what's going on in your head and you know and I and I and it is a dangerous thing and uh, I actually found this this quote from this doctor um, it's it, it's um, you know uh, the pain that you f- yeah just because your pain is understandable doesn't mean your behavior is acceptable and and this is just really for me this is this key you know I you know a, a, of of this idea of I feel this pain or I feel this guilt or I feel this shame and I don't and and so I don't want to do the things that I need to do. Um or I or I should get a pass. I should get an excuse because of what I what I am going through. And I'm not saying no your feelings are inadequate or your feelings are are uh invalid. You shouldn't you should just you should just you know lock up, toughen up. You know you should you should do better. What I'm saying is you know just because you know you're feeling a certain way doesn't excuse you from being a disciple every day. You know it doesn't excuse you from being a Christian. And and you know and it, even though it it can sometimes feel good to throw or can feel okay to throw a pity party, no one's coming to your pity party. You know no you know no one likes attending someone else's pity party. And so so because we are going to feel this guilt. I mean we're sinful people, we're going to sin every day. You know, we're going to do things that displease God. So how do we deal with the self-pity? How do we, how do we uh, I guess, in a sense, toughen up? And, uh, and I have a solution to that. Well, I don't have one. The Bible does. And so we're going to go to Psalm 77. And, uh, and we'll just read verse 10 for right now. It says, Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years when the Most High stretched out his hand. And that's kind of, um, you know, I, it, that doesn't give you much but uh i actually the 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 one that i wanted to focus on actually comes from the vulgate the, the the translation of of the bible that was written in latin and so the same verse in the latin vulgate it says and i said now have i begun this is the change of the right hand of the most high and you know psalm 77 is a psalm of asaph so it's not david um but uh it's just as good um you know, I'm more, uh, I guess, biased towards the other guy. But, um, you know, he's he's crying out to God for help. You know, he and and, and it's like he starts in the, almost this mental avalanche in his head of just like things are bad and oh my gosh, this is horrible. And 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 right before this in verse in verse seven, it says, he starts asking these questions. And I mean, these are like, you know, dramatic questions. Will the Lord reject me forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has, he pro- has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has his in his anger withheld his compassion? I mean, this guy is like falling off a cliff mentally of just like, my gosh, I can't, I can't focus anymore. But then he says, and, and I said, now have I begun. You know, and that's the phrase, nunc chepi. Now I have begun. This idea of a mental reset, you know, uh, despite the past, despite what, what, is, what is happening to us right now, we just say, no, I'm going to start over, and I'm going, and this is what he does in the psalm. This is what he does in Psalm 77. He continues on. It's like, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I re- will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. You know, and, and it's and it's this it's this abrupt turn. It's it's obvi- obviously you're shifting your mind. You're repenting. Because even though everything is like, I have so many reasons to be sad and to be guilty and to feel shame. No. I gotta start over. Nunc Chepi. I gotta start over. And you know, I wish I could tell you guys that I'm like, I was just flipping through my Latin Vulgate Bible. You know, just like, oh, wow, this phrase, it's so insightful. I, you know, I, I of course, stole this from somebody. And uh, the person that I stole it from is actually interesting. His name is Philip Rivers. Um, he's the quarterback for the, for the uh, Sandy, or, sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, he's actually playing today at 12 o'clock, if, you know. So um, I didn't plan that out, but it just so happened that that worked out. And, and this, so this idea of a quarterback you know, uh, you know, he's wearing it on his shirt. He's he's a he's a uh, um, very dedicated Catholic guy. He's got seven kids, so he needs some Jesus in his life. So, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, he why is it why is this something that a quarterback would 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 want so bad? You know, why would this idea of okay, now I've begun, you know, <laughs> in a sense, starting over every single day or every single time you you, you feel overwhelmed or whatnot? And obviously, I mean when a quarterback makes a, makes a mistake, you know, he throws an interception, it gets taken back to the house for a touchdown. I mean, you don't have any time to sit there on the sideline and just be like, man, my blockers, if they had blocked better, oh, my receiver didn't get open. It's like, oh, I threw a perfect pass. It's like, come on, guys. Like, oh, I'm so, you know, his team is just like, dude, get back in the, we got to go back on the field. Like, get get your head in the game. You know, and so this guy is just, Um, you know, because it's easy and I, and I'm sure, you know, there's definitely been examples of people who, who have not done this mindset of just resetting and, and blamed everybody for their mistakes. You know, I'm, I'm sure I don't need to mention his name, but you know, I don't really want to talk about him. (laughs) You know, we'll go back to Philip Rivers. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, and because this, you know, this guy, he's decided, no, I'm going to take every situation individually. You know, when I go back on the field, I'm a new quarterback. When I go back on the field, I've got a new mindset. And it and it makes sense because if you go out there on the field and just like, oh, man, I just threw a bad interception. This can only get worse. You know, oh, no, I'm going to make another mistake. The defense is ready. You know, like a linebacker can sense that stuff. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, this guy's got no confidence. I'm going to run in there and blow him up. You know, or, or you know, a quarter or a cornerback, you know, getting ready to make a move to re- intercept the pass. I mean, it's just like they, they can they can sense it, and if a linebacker is instinctually like sensitive towards okay, I know when he's weak, man guys, how much more is the devil going to be jumping all over us when he knows, oh, he's got one mistake, let me remind him how worthless he is, oh, he made that one you know he, he you know he may have said something to his wife that she didn't particularly enjoy, yeah, just lean into it, man, go into your anger, like continue, move on, yeah, you know it, the, I mean the devil's much more crafty than a linebacker. You know, he's, he's, a lot more, he's a lot more smart than a defensive lineman, that's for sure. You know, but we've got to know that. And that's why this idea, that's why this quarterback has just found something in the Bible that just he can relate to, you know, not only for football but for his life. A mind reset. No matter what has happened in the past, I'm going to treat today like a new day. And, I mean, that's hard. You know, that, that's really difficult, but we have a reason for that. It's not just, you just need to stop thinking about your past. No, we actually have a reason why we can do that, why we can accomplish this. And so let's go to that. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Nunc chepi, or nunc kiopi. I don't speak Latin. That's not what nunc chepi means. Nunc chepi means now I begin, not I don't speak Latin. I'm oh, sorry. Um, and so in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 8, um, this is Paul speaking to the church and he's kind of giving them a look into his life, um, into what they've been going through. Uh, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, We felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again on him. We have set our hope that we will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us and the answer to the prayers of many. This is an this is a crazy mindset, guys. You know, I hope you see the temptation to have self-pity here. You know, cause Paul's starting to explain his situation, even kind of leans into it a little bit. Um <laughs> he says, uh he says, We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. You know, I'm sure for Paul that was a real statement. But I'm if any of us in this room said that, we'd kinda like be like, really, dude? really, despaired of life itself, like, what have you been going, you know, what's been going on in your life, you know, but, like, for Paul, that's, I mean, that must have been it, I mean, you think about the province of Asia during this time, I mean, he was facing some hostile people, and what was his mindset, was his mindset of, oh, gosh, okay, we just got to survive, We've just, man, we got to get out of here. we got to go back to, you know, we've got to go back to Corinth. We've been hearing great things about them, so let's just get back, and we could be with people who love us, and we could get energized, and we could just run away. We'll, we'll come back when it's, when, it's, when it's a little less dangerous. No. Their mindset was, nope, nunc kiopi. Nope, now I begin. I've got to start my day afresh, and, and we've got to rely on the one thing that we know will come through for us, and that's God because what is their an, their answer to oh we we were we were feeling intense pressure to the point of death they're like oh we've got a god who can who can raise us from the dead and it's like wait shouldn't you be praying that the god saves you from dying no they were just like yeah we're probably going to die i mean these people are hostile so we just got to trust in a god who's going to raise us from the dead it's like wow that's that's an extra level of faith that i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure i'm at yet but that was how Paul thought. He, he thought of just like, no, things are going to happen. You know, God, if it's God's will, it's God's will. I just have to be prepared so that when they do happen, when, do, when stuff does hit the fan, that I'm going to be ready to say, well, that's God's will. I'm ready to move forward. Because sometimes, guys, we get so caught up in, no, when I pray for it, it should happen. You know, when I pray for something, God should take care of me. And if, I'm, and if I'm feeling a little bit distressed, God's not taking care of me. And that's the trap that we can fall into. Because God could just be preparing you for something greater, and you just got to endure through this phase of your life. That's the way the people in Asia, you know, thought about it. That's the way the people in Corinth thought about it. Wow, we just got, you know, First Corinthians, we just got called out. Like, Paul was just blasting us for all the things that we did. Man, maybe we should just disband as a church. Maybe We're, we're, we're way too embarrassed. No, what they said was, "Okay, we need to repent." So we start today, day one, you know, new day. Now I begin, and and just and have that chance to reset your mind, um, you know, because that what that is what leads to repentance. And, you know, I think there's so many there's so many ways to uh, I guess to spin this in terms of in our own mind of just going back to no, but I just don't I don't deserve it. You know, oh, I'm, I just, there's, there's too much. Oh, you don't know what, you know, what I've been through. And, and that's true. You're the only one who knows truly what you've been through. But what was their, who were they relying on in this? Were they relying on themselves? They were relying on God. And God surely d- knows what you've been through. God, God cares for you. Um, and because, um, well, let, well, let's just turn to a scripture real quick here in Romans, Romans 8. um. Romans 8, starting in verse 18, um, and, uh, and, and in Romans it's saying, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that we will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. You know, if we're you know, if we're truly God, you know, God's children, you know, you know, brought from being children of Satan, being you know, brought into the kingdom of God. This is what should be fueling our hope. This should be what should be fueling our our drive to stop feeling sorry for ourselves. We've got a weight that's been lifted off of our back and that we're expecting to be in heaven when we die. So the way that we 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 start again is no, I've got I've got my sins forgiven. I don't have to have this continual weight that's been placed on my back time and time again. I can say no, I'm forgiven, so today I'm going to start again. I'm going to get rid of this of this pity party that I'm throwing for myself, you know. And guys, you know, I there there are definitely many like examples of this whether it's in the Bible or whether it's around us, and, you know, one, one person that I am just, um, uh, continually inspired by, um, is, um, is, is, she's in this room right now, is Sydney Diggs, um, and I, you know, I just, I, you know, I, I was kind of, I just want to lift you up real quick, because, you know, I, I know you go through a ton, and I, and I can't imagine what that does to your head, um, of just doubting or, or trusting in God, but, um, you know, I I can't I can't say that I that I know a kinder person to me, who just is always happy, always 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 willing to give me a big hug, wanting to give me a big hug, um and uh, someone that I just continually want to put a smile on your face and so, you know you know guys th- that you know I, there there are definitely many examples and I'm just so grateful for you Sydney of just your your faith and your perseverance, um and it, because we can draw these these this these examples from one another you know because. We can, we can look at situations and say, well, it's not as bad as this person's situation. Or, oh, well, you should finish your meal because there's kids in Africa who would love to eat your food. And we use these examples a lot. And I think sometimes we can think of, oh, because someone's going through something worse than me, I can't feel pain for myself. Like, you know, it's like, that's not fair. And it's like, no, that's not the point. You know, so, you know, the point of saying, hey, there's people who would be grateful for this meal. Why aren't you grateful for this meal? is so that you realize, oh, they've gone through something worse than me, and they were able to have a positive outlook on it. So how can I go through this and still have a positive outlook on it? You know, because if we think about 2 Corinthians, I mean, none of us are despairing for life itself, yet they still were able to trust in God. So let's learn how to trust in God through all situations and not just, you know, and not just view everything like it's the worst thing that's ever happened to us. You know, and because what does God call us to do? You know, what are, what are the things, I guess, throughout the Bible that God calls for us? And, you know, you, I've got, I made, you know, I got this list right here. Um, he calls us to forgive others. And I got, you know, scripture to help you out there. Um, you know, he calls us to forgive others in Matthew 6. You know, actually, we are, God won't forgive us unless we forgive other people. Um, he asks us to deny ourselves, um, and not just when it's when it's convenient, but every single day. Um, take up our cross. He He requires us to think of others before we think of ourselves. You know, imitate the humility of of Christ. Um, he, he He wants us to think about positive things. You know, He wants us to think about you know in Philippians four eight. You know, think about what is true, what is praiseworthy, what is noble, what is pure, what is excellent. All of these things, think of them in the peace of God that w- will dwell in you. Um, you know, sometimes you, we've got to remember that he's the God who uses bad for good. We, You know, it, we just read in Romans 8, but in in in, tw- in verse 28 it says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. You know, sometimes he uses bad situations for the good of those who love him. Um and then remember that he wants to comfort us in difficulty. You know, um, that's what we did, were just reading about second, in 2 second Corinthians. That was the conclusion. You know, well, that was before that, and that's what allowed Paul to feel that way about his life because God wants to comfort, comfort us through difficulty. And honestly, guys, he wants us to move on. He wants us to take the bad things in our life, give them to him, and then move on. And not continue to use the bad things in our life as an excuse to not live out his will, you know, to not do what he's calling us to do. And 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 if we're really meant to be disciples, if we're really wanting to be followers of Christ and imitate him, these are the thing this is what Christ's life looked like. You know, all of these things. You know, he he forgiving others, you know, and, and calling others to forgive others. You know, that those are Jesus' words, so obviously that's what he did with his life. He's calling us to deny himself, deny ourselves. You know, that's what Christ did. He was, a, he was God. He was in heaven. He was, you know, having a blast, having, a, you know, uh, encouragement rain on him all the time, praise and adulation. And he was, you know, creating the universe and stuff. And he said, you know what? I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to go down to earth so I can help these people out you know obviously he thought of others before himself that's what the whole scripture in philippians 2 is motivated by is christ's humility i mean this is just this is this is what what jesus lived his life based upon and so for us to sit here and think no the situation in my life should result in me having you know disobedience or you know continue to be in sin or not want, or want to give up that's not that's not anywhere close to what to what the Bible says. That's, that's false. That's a lie. That's, that's a trap that Satan is trying to get us to think time and time again. And nope, see, that's what I told you. You're just not good enough. You know, you sinned again. You messed up again. You know, see, what did I tell you? You're just not good enough. It's time to start again. It's time to say, nope, today is a new day. You yep, know, and now I've begun. Nuke um, Chepi. And it's time to move on. And so, you know uh you know as we're, as we're thinking about um as we're thinking about communion because uh you know this is this is all motivated by the book the cross of the savior so it's always going to lead back to communion guys you know this is not just a tack on to the end of my lesson here this is the point of my lesson is communion and so we're going to go here to philippians 3 and and see what he meant when he was talking about moving on um because cuz you know paul had just got done you know in philippians 3 Talking about how he could have confidence in the flesh, you know how he could have all of this, uh, all these accolades mentioned about. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm I'm this and that. I, I, in terms of in terms of purity, I am clean as you know as anybody. You know in terms of you know in terms of the law, no, you can't touch me. I am pure. And he starts talking about uh, no, but all of that is garbage. Compared to the knowledge of knowing Christ, getting to imitate him. Um, and, and, and he says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. You know, and that's what Paul was trying to, you know, uh, commit to. And so here in, in verse 11, he's almost exasperated. He's just, I want to know Christ. Straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is, this is, this is, this is Paul's solution to you know, what, what has happened to me in the past. I, you know, Paul could be as guilty as any of us in this room because he went after disciples and killed them, dragged them out of their homes and executed them because he felt like that was what was right. He could have felt insane, like, uh, un, un, you know, just like unwavering amount of guilt in his life. You know, shame, like, what was I doing? You know, I might as well, you know, he could have taken the route of Judas. You know, uh, feeling this guilt, feeling this shame and saying, that's it. I'm just going to end it all. There's no way I can overcome this. But instead, what is his, what is his thing? His, his thing is, I just want to know Christ. Why? Because Christ is giving me a second chance. He's giving me a chance to start a new day. He's giving me an opportunity to say, my sins have been forgiven and I can now do this. I can live according to God's law or God's, or, or, and, and continue to work towards God's will in my life. But, he, but he, you know, even though he started on that path, he's still saying, no, I haven't, I haven't obtained anything yet. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. I'm still imperfect. Every day I'm imperfect. So every day I have to start again. Forgetting what's in the past and moving towards what's ahead. Always being focused on the goal. You know, and that's why guys, that's why self-pity is just so damaging. Because we want to just stick in it. We want to just say, but my sin, but 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 my anger, but, but all these things, it, it, that I shouldn't I shouldn't feel like I'm forgiven. Don't forgive me. I, should, I need punishment. And God's saying, no. I've already given. I've, the punishment has already been paid for. Jesus has already given up his life. I don't want you to have to go through that. So stop trying to put yourself in that position to go through that. It's already been paid for. Forget about it. Start a new day and move on you know don't take advantage of it you know I won't get into all that you know theological debate but move on because guys once again if we do that we're imitating Christ you know you know Christ obviously couldn't wasn't going to feel self-pity but he definitely had things that he didn't want to do that he said no God I want to do your will and so God is calling you to have more to to accept the grace to not let your, your past sins weigh you down, and to serve passionately in God's church. This is why it's not on leadership to be asking you to do things. This is why it's not on, you know, other people, you know, asking you how you're, how you're going. You should be going after it. You should be open with your life. You should be saying, how can I serve? Because I've been forgiven for so much, and I don't want to accept the trap of self-pity. And so, guys, when we're thinking about imitating Christ, when we're taking the bread, when we're taking the cup, and we're, and we're trying to connect with the mindset of Jesus on the cross, of why he went there, why we need to live like him, let's think about this. You know, let's think about self-pity. How have I let self-pity inhibit me from doing what I know I should be doing for God's kingdom, what I know I should be trying to do and serve in God's church? And so that we can say, With confidence, like in Psalm 77, nunc chepi, now I begin. Whatever has been in the past, it's over. Now I begin a new life with God. You know, I could think of just, you know, to close this out, uh, Lamentations uh, chapter 3. Oh, no, not Lamentations. Okay. There it is. All right. Lamentations 3. In verse 22 because of the lord's great love we are not consumed for his compassions never fail they are new every morning great is your faithfulness i say to myself the lord is my portion says my soul therefore i will hope in him so let's do that now as we pray for communion Uh, dear heavenly father thank you for your son Thank you for Jesus. Uh, without him we'd be lost. Um, we would we would be in in absolute confusion. Uh God and 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 I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to get to know Christ, get to get to know your son. Um, um and God, I'm just um you know, I, I want I want to I want to feel self pity, God. I wanna be able to take a step, you know, take a step back and just want to I don't know, wallow in my own self-pity, God, but I just pray that we could be more than that, God, that I could be more than that, that I can uh, reject that thought, reject those feelings, and just say, no, you care about me, God. You will take care of me, Um, and I just pray that I can begin every day um, with the knowledge that you are Lord, that you have forgiven us, and that we have the ability to live a new life, but God, um, none of that would be possible without your son, and and the sacrifice that He made, and so I just pray that um, that we can um, that we can remember that God that that this time doesn't pass lightly, that the, the, the trays won't pass without deep reflection on who Your Son is and what He did for us. God, I'm so grateful for that. Um, I um, and I and I love You so much, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.